Welcome to the Christian Wealth Podcast, where people come to learn what the Bible says about money, wealth, and business. Be inspired by some of the greatest Christian thinkers and commentators from around the planet. Enjoy this episode with your host, Alex Cook. Welcome to Faith City Outreach. This is Marina Maria with today's special guest, Alex Cook from Wealth with a Purpose. Thank you, Alex, for returning to Faith City Outreach to finish sharing part two about the ministry that the Lord has given you, Wealth with a Purpose, where Christians can learn to apply what God's word says about money, wealth, and possessions. Alex, can you please uh, give us tips? I believe you have three tips that can help us basically align our finances with God's word. Mm. Yeah, look, there's, there's a couple of things. There's, there's probably a whole, whole range of things, but we'll keep it nice nice and simple for listeners. Um, look, the, the first one I really want to encourage is the tip of giving generously. Uh, this is, I guess, something God's put on my heart from day one. Our, our ministry is called Wealth with Purpose. And the reason for that is my belief is that all of us have some wealth, whether it's a little or a lot, but we're called to live generously with what God's given us. We're called to live uh, with an open hand. You know, we should be open-handed with the money that God's given us. In fact, I would use the expression, we should hold money loosely, okay? Uh, in our culture, <laughs> we tend to hold on to things and we want to accumulate it. Um, <laughs> what I'd say is we want to, what we really should be doing is holding it loosely. And uh, so the reality is, as I, and I might have mentioned to you this before, is that life is very short. It is breathtakingly short. I'm 45. can't believe how quickly it's gone. And I want to know that the money that God's given us and that my life has counted for something very worthwhile. And one of the ways that we can do that is by giving generously and to sowing into God's kingdom. Now, there's lots of different things, of course, that we can sow into. So we can sow into our local church. We can sow into helping the poor. You know, when we look at the number of Bible verses about money, a huge number are about the fact that as Christians, we should be helping poor people. You know, around the world, there are people suffering and, and living in, in hunger. And of course, there are Christians being persecuted. So we need to be helping those people. We need to be pe helping people who are trying to advance the gospel. So people who are, you know, whether it's missions or, you know, ministries like yours, radio missions, where that, that's out there, getting the God's word out there. We need to get God's word out there as much as we possibly can. Um, you know, we know Jesus one day is going to come again. And when he comes again, we want to have brought as many people into his kingdom as possible. And we need to do that. And we do that by, by giving generously. You know, gospel work takes resources to do it. So we need to, to support that financially. Um, the other thing to say is um, with giving generously, one of the things that really excites me is in, in Acts chapter 2. So Acts, if, if people get out their Bibles and read Acts chapter 2, verses 42 to 47, it shows the model of the early church. And in the early church, they used to meet together. They would pray together. There were signs and wonders. Um, and it says that they sold property and possessions. Many people, when they think about giving, they think of just giving out of their income. So, you know, I often hear pastors saying, give 10% of your income. And that's fine. You know, we should give out of our income as we earn it. But one of the bigger challenges is how do we give out of our abundance of possessions as well? Um, you know, if you've been blessed with all sorts of things, whether it's you know, houses and cars and all sorts of things, 
why not live generously with those as well? And the an example I'd give is that you know, here in Australia, I've got a friend who's a pastor and uh, she's in her mid 60s and she's given away four cars to people in her church. So she's had um, people in her church who are single mothers, <clears throat> you know, very limited financial resources. And, uh, you know, many couldn't get, you know, in, in Australia because it's spread out, you need, you really need a car to get around. And so she's literally given away four cars to people to help them be able to get around and, and be able to do things. And so that's giving away something that she herself needed. <laughs> um, but you know what? God replaced it. Whenever she's given it away, God has replaced it. And so, um, you know, this is the thing we often think the mistake we often make is we think that when we give something away, we think of it as being gone. We think it's disappeared. But what we forget is that God is the ultimate provider. And so when we live generously and we, um, and we sow into things, God can replace it very, very quickly and very, very easily. Um, but just jumping back to that Acts passage, the reason why I think this is so important is in the very final verse, in verse 47, it says, and the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So my belief is that if we want to see a, a revival in the Western world, in Australia, in the US, and all these countries that are, that are slowly going away from, you know, they're going away from God, and really not even slowly these days, they're turning their back on God. Um, if we want to see that turn around and go back and, and you know, for these countries to become God-honouring again, I think what that's going to take is Christians being willing to live generously out of what God's given them to willing to put aside all their earthly uh, desires and their earthly, you know, passions and say, you know what, God's kingdom above all else. And when they do that, I believe that's when we'll see uh, revival. When we say God is first in my life. And that's not just a, a, an expression when right. it becomes a, a fact, because for many people, it's just a Christian cliche, right? You know, God is first in my life. It's just a Christian cliche, mm -hmm. but it, we need to see it actually come out in practice in the way that we manage our money. And when we see that, uh, I believe we'll see revival. When, when the world can look at us and go, wow, look at these people here who are giving up everything in order to fulfill their, their beliefs. When people see that, they'll, they'll, they'll be amazed, particularly when we're giving and we're meeting people's needs. We're helping people. We're not looking after our own needs. We're looking after the needs of others. And when the world sees that, I think we'll see some really positive um, changes. And when God sees it in us, that we truly, really mean that we've put him first in our Absolutely. lives. He knows it. He knows us more than anybody else. Absolutely. No, absolutely. Alex, can we outgive God? <laughs> definitely not. <laughs> uh, definitely not. I mean, the thing about God, this is his character. You know, his character is one of generosity. And when you think about the, you know, John 3, 16 says, you know, God so loved the world that he gave his only son. And so when we think about that, that's the ultimate act of generosity that someone would lay down their life mm -hmm. for, 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 for sinful mankind. So mm -hmm. It's the ultimate act of generosity. So um, the, re the reality is we can never outgive God. And God, we often, I think, we don't understand through God what he's like in his character. God is a God of abundance. God, there's no, there's no recession in heaven. There's no lack of resources. God can make things happen very easily. And he... Um, he is the ultimate 
the ultimate giver. And the thing is, he loves his children and he wants to look after his kids. I mean, you know, I say this to people, we've got to, we've got to make sure we have God, the right perspective of God. Um, you know, I'm a father, I've got four kids. Of course, I want to be generous to my kids. I love them. I want them, you know, I want them to have good things. I don't want to spoil them, but I want them mm-hmm. to, I want them to have good things. I want them to have uh, an abundant life. And so God is like that with us. He wants us to have an abundant life. Now, abundant life doesn't just mean money, uh, but it means obviously um, that he wants to meet all our needs so that we might then build and be a blessing to others. You know, God wants us to be a blessing to other people. And really money should flow through us. And when we start stepping out of faith and living generously, we're basically freeing up God because he can then, he knows he can trust us to actually do the right thing and the money will flow through us. So it's um, exciting. What about someone who doesn't have a lot of wealth, but enjoys giving generously? What do you think about that? Oh, that's, they're the most powerful ones. People who often don't have financial resources, but live generously. Oh, I just love the story in the Bible of the, uh, the, the poor widow. You know, she's at the temple treasury and she mm. puts in the last two copper coins. So Jesus is, you know, observing what's going on. You see all the rich people, they're all throwing in large sums of money. Uh, and, and, but the reality is they were, they were just giving out of their abundance it wasn't going to have any effect on their life, what they were giving, even though they were giving large amounts. Whereas this poor widow, she put in her last two copper coins. Now, rationally, you'd say, well, that's crazy. Why would you put in your last two copper coins? You've now got nothing left. Um, we'd say, oh, don't do it. You know, God understands your situation. Don't do it. Mm-hmm. But, but she knew the, the, the truth. And that is that, firstly, she could trust God to meet all of her needs. So even though she was parting with that money, God was going to look after her. God wasn't going to leave her destitute and she was going to be looked after. And so this is how we need to think. Even if you have a little, and all of us have different amounts, you know, some of us have a little, some have a lot, irrespective of whether we have a little or a lot, we are all called to be good stewards with what God has put in our hands. And uh, often, and, you know, I guess one of the sad things in our culture, and I, I've seen this, I used to, um, with the, in Australia, we've got the Salvation Army, which I'm sure you have in the US, and they have a, this annual appeal called the, the Red Shield Appeal, and you walk around and you knock on people's doors and ask, ask for money. And I was always staggered. Sometimes you go to these massive houses where the people were obviously very wealthy, and then they would give you a tiny amount of money. And then sometimes you'd walk to a house that was very humble, and they'd give you a lot, a lot more money. Mm-hmm. And that's often the way because often people who have come from tougher circumstances know what it's like to be in, in difficulty, that they know what it's like to be, to, uh, you know, to have, to have little and therefore they, they have a, a heart for helping others. Um, and so, yeah, it's a, um, as I say, whether you have a little or a lot, we are called to do good with it. In fact, the, the expression we use on our website, and you might've seen it is do well, do good. Mm-hmm. I want people to be financially healthy, you know, and that, when I say that, you know, align your finances with God's word so you're healthy and then do good with it, you know, sow into mm-hmm. things that are going to last and make a huge difference. Do you find today that people are giving more generously? Um, I'd like to say <laughs> yes as a result of the ministry. <laughs> uh, look, I think in, in Western culture, the my my sort of assessment is western culture is getting darker and so what we're seeing so i'm talking more about the culture here rather than the church Mm -hmm. church culture um but when you look at our our broader culture 
you know, it says in the end times, people will be lovers of money, lovers of self and so forth. Um, and in Australia, one of the stats, for example, is vol volunteering is declining. So few and few people want to volunteer. You know, on Sunday, they'd rather go to the coffee shop and have a big breakfast rather than, you know, do something charitable. So our society is changing quite a lot. And as, as it turns further away from God, you know, it gets less and less community minded, less and less willing to help. So in, at, at a broader cultural level, I think we're getting less generous. And as a result, what's happening is taxes and everything are rising because the government has to do more to help. So, you know, since we have our social security, all those things are growing rapidly because the government has to step in and help. And so that's what happens when a society becomes more and more godless. Um, at the church level, though, um, I do think increasingly... Um, there's a, sort of a awakening going on in the church that, hang, hang on a minute, our culture's really moved further away from God than we even realised. Our culture's not really Christian at all anymore and that we now need to do something. And so I think there's a, a growing sense that we need to really start getting out there, advancing the gospel and stepping up to the plate, living more generously and so forth. Um, and I think that's that's starting to happen. There is a, an awakening going on in the church. Hang on a minute. Our, 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 our cultures are so far from God now. It, it sort of happened very quickly and we, don't, we didn't realise it was going on. So I do think that awakening is happening. Um, and so I think over the next sort of 10 years, particularly with some of the challenges that are going on, we'll have enormous opportunities for the gospel. I think, um, I just think tough times, will, will, it'll help sift out, the, you know, who's who, and mm -hmm. create a huge opportunity for those that are faithful believers. I think we'll see enormous fruit come from what, what's going to happen. I think um, uh, people are going to be forced to choose which side of the fence are you on, and they're going to, those that choose to follow God and, and to live generously, uh, we'll, I think we'll see amazing things happen over the next 10 years. Now, I know we're talking about your top three tips for getting ahead this year. You said one was giving generously and two, reviewing your insurances. Can you uh, share that, share something about this, please? Yeah. So in, in talking about insurance, particularly things like life insurance and protecting your family, um, often you, you get a bit of resistance sometimes in the Christian community because sometimes people will say to me, Alex, um, if I'm being faithful and I'm trusting God, does that mean I shouldn't have insurance because God's going to provide for me? And what I, what I say to people there is I say, look, we, we acknowledge that as Christians, we live in a fallen world and, and that bad things can happen to good people. You know, mm -hmm. I have four young children. So if something happens to me, that has a very negative impact on my wife and kids. You know, do the kids have to get taken out of school and go to, to cheaper schools to, um, do we? Do you lose your home? There are all sorts of consequences of, of not having insurance in place. And so to me, um, there's a great uh, proverb that says, a sensible man prepares for problems ahead and prepares to meet them. The simpleton never looks and suffers the consequences. So as sensible people, God gives us um, the wisdom to make good decisions and put in place, you know, building blocks. And having insurance is really just about protecting your family from some of the storms of life that come along and making sure that they're going to be okay um, if something would happen to me. 
and likewise, and that applies to you know to listeners depending on their circumstances. So, um, you know, everyone's in 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 different positions. Some have kids, some don't, etc. But the idea of having insurance is just about acknowledging you know we live in a fallen world, and that we need to protect our families from things that can go wrong. You know, we all know someone who's had cancer, who's had a heart attack, who's had a stroke. These things are very very common. In fact, for for a male. Uh, the probability of a male getting cancer is one in three mm-hmm. up until age 75. So it's going to happen to some of us. That's, mm-hmm. that's the reality. And so this is not about being fearful. It's not about being um, overly protective. It's just about putting in place what I call a sensible building block to make sure that our families are, are going to be okay. They're not going to be a burden on other people if something were to happen to us. So it's just a sensible uh, biblical practice, uh, as I say, and it's not a lack of faith. So the, the 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 thing some people might be thinking is, oh, if I have insurance and I have a lot of life insurance, am I just lacking faith? Am I saying I don't trust God? And the answer is no. It's got nothing to do whether you're trusting in God. It's just being a sensible person that acknowledges the fact that we live in a fallen world and that we need to put in pra- um, practice good, sensible things. Uh, to make sure that we're looking after our families. It's actually, a, it's a wisdom issue more mm-hmm. than anything else. What would you say to someone <clears throat> who may say, well, I don't have enough money to buy life insurance right now? Yeah. Look, if you don't have enough money at the moment, then I'd say to people, look, you want to, you, you should build what we call an emergency fund. So the, the, the simple thing is we all earn a certain amount of money, right? So a certain amount of money is coming in. If we don't have enough to afford life insurance, what I'd say to people is you want to build up a cash reserve. So over time, you start building up a little reserves. And that could be, you know, just get to hurdle one, which might be, you know, $1,000. But then try and aim to get to about three to six months worth of living expenses. That's what we generally say, around three to six months. And that way, what you're doing is preparing for a rainy, rainy day. So classic, classic example is you've got, you've got a car and your, your car breaks down and sometimes, you know, cars can be expensive, you know, replacing engine parts and all of a sudden you might be up for a couple of thousand dollars. But by having, um, you know, proper insurances in place or in this case, cash reserves, mm-hmm. your cash reserves can help fund that. So if you don't have a lot now, just see it as a journey. Just say, I want to slowly go on a journey and get my finances in better shape get the reserves in place. And then once you can afford it, then you can get insurance down the track. Um, yeah. So they should, with each paycheck, save whatever they can? Cor- correct. So what we say to people um, is we, we give it the principle, we call it the 80-10-10 rule. Mm-hmm. And what it is, is when you get your paycheck, first 10% we call giving to God. So we talk about, you know, seeking first mm-hmm. Putting God first in your life, so try and give away that first portion of your of your income, and you see that both in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. You know, New Testament is seek first His kingdom, put God first, and when you look in um, uh, certainly in the Old Testament, you see the first fruits principle and honouring God with your wealth. So to me, that's assigning the first portion of your income to God and building His kingdom. The second ten percent is what I call the saving side of it. And that can be building up your emergency fund initially and saving money to for the for the future. And then try and live on no more than 80%. Mm-hmm. 
So try and say 10% to guide, 10% for long-term saving, and then live on 80%. Now that's just meant to be a simple formula. It's not meant to be legalistic or anything like that. It's just meant to be just a pragmatic way to, to manage your money. Now, as your income goes up, what we want to do is increase our giving and increase our saving, not increase our lifestyle. Because what mm -hmm. typically happens when people earn more, mm -hmm. you know, the more they earn, the more they spend. That's right. what typically happens. So what we want to do is as we earn more as Christians, we want to be more generous and we, want to, and we also want to um, uh, save more as well for the future. So, yeah, it's just a simple formula, a simple way to, way to do it. We are now talking about tip three for getting ahead this year. You mentioned thinking long term. Mm. Can you talk about that, please? Yeah, and look, there's two ways I'd, I'd answer it. One is thinking long term in this life, and thinking eternal would be the two two things I'd think about there. Um, most people, when it comes to their money, they tend to only think a few weeks ahead, right? The mm -hmm. you look at statistically, both in the US and Australia, half the population just lives month to month, so paycheck to paycheck. That's that's how most people think and and how they act with their finances. So mm -hmm. for me being a good steward of what god has given us involves having to think through how we're going to manage our money well and one of those things is to have a long-term focus and when i say long-term as i say i think there's the the biblical eternal focus and then mm -hmm. there's the pragmatic saving for the future so when i say from the pragmatic side thinking long term is saving for the future when we're going to be unable to work it could be for saving for future goals could be saving to fund ministry activities, um, but setting aside money for long-term goals that you want to achieve. And that's the thing. We use the word purpose a lot in our ministry because we believe that your money should be purposeful. Mm -hmm. um, and so you need to plan retirement. You need to plan your giving. You need to think these things through and have a long-term plan towards achieving them. And that's really about knowing where, am I, where, where do I want to go to? Where do I want to get to? And how am I going to get there? That's the, those, that's the factors you need to think about. Um, but then there's, the, as I say, the eternal perspective. And the eternal perspective is saying, well, what am I going to do with the money that God's given me to sow into things that are going to last forever? Uh, and the example I like to give here is my wife and I support an organization called the Bible Society, which I'm sure exists over, over there in the US as well. And the, the Bible Society distributes Bibles around the world. And so when we give to them, we know that Bibles are being distributed everywhere. What I love to think about is the fact that one day I'll meet people in heaven who I've never met in this life. I've never seen them before, but they're in heaven because someone gave them a Bible that I mm. donated to them. Mm. And as a result, they got to hear God's word and, and give their life to Christ. <laughs> and as a result, they're in heaven. I never saw them in this life, but mm -hmm. the eternal thing, is the fact that I sowed into a ministry that shares God's word, they get saved. That to me is about having that eternal mindset. Mm. And that'll be great joy. And I think in heaven, you'll get to celebrate with these people, people who, as I say, you never laid eyes on them here on earth, but because of your generosity, you're able to go and, and, and meet them in heaven and, um, and they'll be saved and they'll, be, uh, they'll know Jesus and uh, they'll have eternal life. That to me is exciting and that should be the fruit of our money the that people get saved that our world gets changed that people's lives get changed that's the that's the end game of all this so money as i say money is just a tool and so 
That's why we need to have this eternal thinking and, uh, and, and then, then just deal with our own finances in a pragmatic sense and have the, the long-term thinking for our day-to-day lives as well. So, yeah, it's, money can be very powerful if we do it God's way. We can, do, we, can do, we can achieve a lot of good things if we do it God's way. Amen. You talk about a plan, having a plan. What if somebody says, well, I want a plan, but I don't know how to plan? Mm, that's, that's great. So to me, um, you break it down in just the simple parts, okay? And I always say to people, put it in writing as well, right? Mm-hmm. If it's not in writing, then it's just in your head and you're going to mm-hmm. forget about it, right? So we want to have a, a, a simple plan. And when I say simple, I mean, it could be one or two pages, right? It doesn't have to be some war and peace, just a simple document. And what we want to start out with is just having a few basic goals, okay? So you've got to know what you're actually trying to achieve from your plan. So that could be savings goals. You know, I want to save 10% of my income. I want to give 10% of my income. So you have giving goals. Um, Some goals may be short term. So things you want to do in the next 12 months. So maybe you want to save for a deposit on a house. For others, it might be longer term goals like retirement. Um, Could be a goal like funding my kids' education. Could be a goal of I want to start a a ministry in a couple of years. And, you know, I want to leave my job and start a ministry. And I need money to do that. So Mm -hmm. planning all those kind of things and having clear goals is the starting point. So that to me is step one, have some goals. The next thing I do is then I break it down into different sections of our finances. So one could be having a spending plan, and that is how am I going to spend the money that God's given me? So if I earn a certain amount, what am I going to go and spend it on? Where am I going to give to? What am I am I going to spend, you know, on on my family and holidays and all this sort of thing? How am I going to spend my money? And am I going to do that in a way that honors God? So that's part one, the spending plan. Then you might have a insurance plan which is protecting your family how do i make sure my family's all okay then you might have an investment plan which is um, how am i going to invest some of that what's left over how am i going to spend that you should have an estate plan now estate planning we haven't talked about before but and a lot of people don't like thinking about it because estate planning is you know what happens to your money when you die but to me it's a very important issue because it's your final act of stewardship and that is who are you going to leave God's money too. You know, we often mm-hmm. think of it as our money, but I said, well, actually it's, it's the Lord's money. And therefore, who am I going to leave God's money to? Mm-hmm. So you should have an estate plan. You have a will and all those kind of things. Um, then you should have a retirement plan because, um, you know, we ultimately all get to a certain point where we might not be working for money. And, and certainly another one, last but not least, is have a giving plan. Now that may fit in with your spending plan because you're going to give out of that. But what are you going to give to? What do you feel God is putting on your heart that you should be sowing into? You know, as I say, there's things like your local church. There's various ministries that um, are helping the poor. Some are evangelical, you know, mission orientated. So what are the things that God wants you to sow into with your money? So you've got to have a plan, as I say, for each of these different sections. Thank you, Alex, for being on Faith City Outreach. I bless you with this scripture found in Numbers chapter 6, verse 24 through 26. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace.